I can tell you this as a college coach. The kids whose parents were the drivers behind it, once that driver is taken away, the work ethic, the desire to keep doing it, the things that actually propel you to the professional level are no longer there. And I don't fault the kid at all for that. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Joining me today is Steve Magnus, a world-renowned expert on health and human performance and co-creator of The Growth Equation, which explores performance and well-being. Steve has authored or co-authored numerous books on these topics and has also previously served as head cross-country coach at a major Division I university. Steve and I discuss how in today's youth sports culture, the push for athletic success often seems driven by the parents and how early specialization can lead to burnout, overuse injuries, and identity challenges. I am excessively excited. I don't even know if that makes any sense with those two words together, but I'm excited because uh, I was connected to this gentleman through kind of like my hero. I have his book sitting shotgun with me. I'm, I'm recording this uh, in my car and, and his book range is sitting shotgun with me. Uh, David Epstein and his buddy, cross country coach, runner, uh, just uh, just an unbelievable advocate for you know helping kids and, and training and teaching. Steve Magnus, Steve, thanks for coming on. I'm extremely excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. So I came across your content. It seems like you and David Epstein are buddies. And uh, he said, that you you know, as far as the message is concerned, youth athletics, you're, we're all passionate about it. When you look at the landscape of youth sports today, um, what do you see as a coach, as an athlete, you know, that concerns you the most? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of disturbing in a lot of ways because I grew up as like one of those prodigy type athletes who was really good when I was young. Um, but it was all, all driven by kind of myself and I just had this rage to train. So I just did it. And my parents were like, I don't know what's wrong with this kid, but like he wants to go run a lot. So like go for it. But what I see now is the opposite and that so much of it is parent driven. And it's just, it just takes me aback. I guess that's the example I can give is, you know, I coach collegiate and professional athletes and I get reached out to almost, you know, daily um, from high school, middle school youth parents asking for, you know, uh, lessons for their nine-year-old kid. And I started to notice that trend a couple of years ago. I was like, hey, this is weird. And then my fiance teaches first grade. So... Occasionally, I accompanied her to like, uh, you know, one of her students, first grade students, soccer games or football games and stuff. And I remember the first experience I got out there and I'm watching and these parents are going nuts, (laughs) absolutely crazy for like, you know, a, a six year old soccer game where they're just all following the ball. And then once they found out that like, oh, this guy's coached like Olympic level athletes. It's like everyone swarms to me and asks about their, you know, six-year-old in terms of his, like, running speed and all this stuff. And in my head, I'm like, hold on, guys. Like, step back. Like, time out. Step back. Your kid is six years old. Like, who cares? But, you know, I, I guess, like, the overwhelming enthusiasm for that that like oh my gosh my kid needs to make it in this this sport and i need to do everything possible to make sure that he makes it and if i don't like i'm a bad parent that feeling um i think is leading towards some very dangerous things 
You know, it's funny. You said it. You said quite a bit there. And one thing that stood out to me, and I, I've been talking a lot, I've been thinking a lot about this, about my own experience, and when it kind of hit me of when I decided my now. Again, I was never elite. You know, I played college baseball. I played a year in Europe, you know, and I, but I played against guys professionally and in college who went on to major league careers. And there was a difference. There's a major difference between number one, just being a high school athlete and two, going on to college. And then there's levels, right? There's levels of elite. Well, I say elite. There's, there's just such levels, right? You get to college and there's levels of college. And, but what to me it all comes down to is willingness. But at the same time, when do you become willing? Like when you still believe in the tooth fairy? Like we're expecting, and this is what kind of bothers me is, and it's kind of like socially accepted to treat 10, 9, 8 kids who thoroughly believe in Santa Claus like they're professional athletes. And what, what are your thoughts? Is that kind of what you're talking about? 100%. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you need extra coaching or private coaching when you're 8, 9, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 year old, then there is a problem. Like, your your kid should be playing, having fun, and figuring out how to move his body, mm. right? And, and that is that is the key. You shouldn't be, like, trying to treat this kid like he's a product almost. And that, oh, if I can give him a head start and develop these things and make him a better pitcher or batter or quarterback or whatever, then he gets the scholarship. Then once he gets the scholarship, he's going to get the professional contract. Like, that, that pathway that parents think exists, like, it doesn't exist. Because what inevitably happens, and there's always exceptions, but what inevitably happens, and I can tell you this as a college coach, is that the kids who whose parents were the drivers behind it, once that driver is taken away, the work ethic, the desire to keep doing it, the things that actually propel you to the professional level are no longer there. And that's not, and that's not like, I don't fault the kid at all for that. Like, yeah. of course they wouldn't have the drive to do something after that. I mean, it's no different than you or I if we were, you know, being force-fed math 24-7 when we're, when we're young. We'd probably get sick of like, oh, gosh, like, I don't want to do math for a career or something in this line. This sucks, you know, and, and that's kind of what what happens when we just force feed it is we're we're just taking away that intrinsic motivation and beating it with a stick so that it's like no longer there. And that what what all research kind of shows is that intrinsic motivation is the long term driver. So if we take that away, like you're not going to last, you're going to burn out. I read a quote from, uh, his name is Eric Cressy, and I posted it, and I, I don't want to, he's a, um, I think he's involved in strength and conditioning for, like, the New York Yankees and, and in Major League Baseball, and he said, he said, I often get calls from parents asking what training they could do for their nine-year-old, that professional that we're doing with, kind of like you said, that we're doing with our pro athletes. He goes, I wish they'd ask what our pro athletes were doing when they were nine years old, i.e. playing multiple sports and goofing around with their friends. From your experience as someone who, you know, was elite, precocious, what was your experience like as a young kid, nine years old? Exactly. I mean, that's what I did, right? I So I, I became really good at running. Uh, my senior year in high school, I was the fastest miler in the country and ran 401 for a mile. But, like, I didn't take running seriously, so that was when I was 18. I didn't take running seriously until I was probably 15 or 16. When I was, I remember when I was, like, uh, you know, in elementary school, like, fifth grade, you do the PE 
physical fitness, you know, test. And I barely missed our elementary school record by like a couple seconds. And the PE teacher comes up to me after and is like, hey, do you want to train? And then you could do this in a couple weeks. And I'm like, no, that sounds horrible. I don't want to train for running. <laughs> like running isn't fun. Why? Because at, at that point I was playing soccer. I was playing baseball. I was doing all these other things that were like fun. And guess what? Like soccer is great at conditioning and I was pretty good at it because I could run really fast. But like once I got to high school and, you know, started enjoying running, I was like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm pretty good at this. I could be good at this. I'm going to start training seriously for it. And I think when you go that route, it's, it's perfectly OK because like you set your foundation with enjoying different sports and like that enjoyment leads you to like having fun with it, all this stuff, developing some confidence around it, and more so developing movement in, um, in a lot of different areas and directions. So because I played soccer, baseball, basketball, all that stuff growing up, like my body was resilient enough once I decided, like, hey, I want to specialize in this sport, my body could handle it. And if we don't have that foundation, that background, like you're not going to be able to handle it and you're going to get injured and all that stuff and all these overuse injuries. Um, I mean, as I said, like my fiance teaches first grade and every once in a while she'll tell me, Hey, my kid has, you know, uh, one of my students has Achilles tendonitis or something like that. And I'm like, how in the world does a six year old get like tendonitis? Like this makes no sense in my brain. Cause I'm like, six seven eight years old like you're the most resilient of any any time of your life you just get banged up bounce back and you're good um and anytime we're starting to see these issues like that's a red flag of like oh my gosh like we're seeing overuse injuries at this age that's a problem so you're seeing it from like a running specific, like it's prevalent and no different than it is in baseball or soccer. Same type of thing where you're seeing overuse injuries and in, in, as a result of, of overdoing it from young ages? Yeah, yeah. I mean, any any time, like here's the thing that people need to understand. Like it doesn't matter what sport you're doing. Like if you're increasing the volume of it at that young of age too much, you start to see these overuse patterns, right? In baseball for pitchers, it's like elbow tendonitis and sure. all that stuff. Same with tennis, it's the same in running, right? That shouldn't be occurring at, at this age. Like, if that's happening, we're doing something wrong. When we come back, Steve and I will get into mental health. Where we left off, Steve and I were about to get into identity issues that spawned from early specialization and the subsequent mental health side effects. One of the things that, um, you know, aside from the physical, and I, you know, I don't know what your extent is. I'm, from my experience as a, as a runner, which is very, very, you know, we did it in college baseball and stuff as conditioning. And, and now that I've gotten older with kids, I actually enjoy going out and running a 5K to just kind of breathe. Well, when I was younger, I hated it. But my point is, is that from a psychological standpoint, how do you see this specialization or overuse stuff is specific how do you see it affecting a kid's emotional well-being from a young age? That's a really good question and something that I'm pretty passionate about because um, what people often fail to realize is that the formation of our identity, so our sense of self. I saw a quote like, with you about identity and that's what I wanted to go in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Perfect. 
like we form our identities through trying things and seeing if we enjoy it, seeing if it sparks interest, right? And what most of the research shows is that we go through these distinct patterns, right? Where we're almost in a, okay, we're going to try everything out kind of stage. And like, it doesn't matter if we try something, ditch it, move on to the next. And then we get to this period where we're kind of narrowing into it. And then we get to this period where we start cementing it, right? And what most of the research shows, in my experience too, in, in, in coaching, is that when you're young, like you are, you have this open floor for creating your identity. It's why little kids will get obsessed with something and then the next week move on from it, right? Sure. They don't yeah. get that attached to it because it's, they're exploring, okay? What, what you find with, um, children who specialize in sport too young is their identity almost cements too early right because they start thinking like oh i don't just play sports i don't play baseball or run track or something it's more like i am a baseball player right you make that that switch of like this is something i do to something this is something i am and once that becomes cemented then it's harder to let go of it if or move on from it or if you start to do poorly in it then it becomes an attack not on the thing that you do but who you are so what we're seeing is like again kids who specialize early they're getting this like almost early cementing of their identity and it becomes intertwined what they do becomes intertwined with who they are and at that young of an age that can create some really unhealthy emotional problems right so, you know, the, th the thing that I like to kind of point to is, like, if you're really good at sports, your identity can sometimes, if you specialize, cement when you're, like, 8, 9, 10 years old. Well, the rest of your friends are, you know, getting over believing in Santa, like, moving on and trying a billion different art projects and band and all these other things. Well, you're sitting there, like, going to baseball practice or soccer practice, you know, six, seven days a week, and this becomes who you are. And it becomes really difficult to kind of move on from or let go or inevitably if you fail you don't deal with it as um easily as if that identity wasn't intertwined so i uh i talked to a lot of olympians and professional athletes and i've heard several that have told me they were told at a young age sport is what you do it's not who you are because coaches knew you know the mental health issues I think we are sitting, per personally, I have no data to back this up other than my experience and what I've talked to, and I think we're sitting on an atomic bomb of mental health issues to come from the result of this current culture of youth sports, and I think a lot of it ties into this identity issue. I think kids are walking around. I, I can think of one here in my town who's been a quarterback since he's six. He's literally known as a quarterback. Well, if he farts the wrong way, I mean, he's a freshman in high school, his entire identity's crushed, and it's like... How do you recover from that? You know, I don't know. You know, maybe he'll be fine. But I think the psychological aspect of it, from my vantage point, is a lot harder for people to understand. What are your thoughts on how people are willing to accept mental health and, and the seriousness of it unless they've been exposed? Yeah, you know, that's the problem is most of the physical stuff, you can sit here and be like, oh, you know, overuse injuries. And, and people grasp that. They get that. They're like, okay, like I can see why that can be bad where you start talking about identity or some sort of mental health potential issue. And it's like, you look at people with blank stares, right? Yeah. And that's, that's part of the problem is that it's not as well known. It's not as well accepted. So those issues, what happen is they get hidden, right? 
or you get parents or teachers or coaches or whoever it is who just kind of give you the old sport cliche of like oh you just gotta like tough your way through that and that's that's almost the worst advice you can give because like now you have someone who's been told not to make sense of the issue they're dealing with and not to come to terms with it which means they try and push it down push it underneath until it eventually comes you know uh swelling uh to the forefront and i think that that's i think you're right i think that this is one of these issues that is going to be very very big um because in the past you didn't have to confront these issues until later in life. I mean, we look at identity issues and like there's the midlife crisis, which, you know, is kind of ubiquitous and well known. And it's like, OK, what is that? Well, that's kind of a coming to terms with like who you thought you were going to be at, like the peak of your life and who you actually are. And we have, you know, 40 year old people who can't adjust well to that 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 issue and maybe rightfully so and now we're putting that on maybe 10 11 12 13 14 years old whenever you come to terms with like you're not as good as you know the parent coach told you when you were you know six seven years old you were gonna be which is gonna be the large majority of people um that's like a ticking time bomb waiting to happen I got to tell you, Steve, I love when I get people who are so passionate, especially about the mental health side, and you're clearly very educated on it and passionate. And I'm just, what would be your piece of advice to a parent who has a young child who might know at 10 years old what they want to focus on, but likes to do other things, but is feeling that pressure to potentially specialize? I I would tell the parent to play the long game and chill out. (laughs) here's the thing like every parent gets super excited of like oh my gosh my kid's gonna be really good at this or like here's got the potential but like it's like i don't know if the analogy works but it's like seeing a piece of fruit and picking it too early and you've just wasted all this potential right and i think i think that as a parent or teacher or coach it's just like being patient allowing your kid to explore things and be supportive of that and the number one piece of advice i can give you is like don't push your kid into doing stuff it's gotta if they're good at it it's gotta be their choice so if your kid gets to 16 and he's great at swimming and he or she like wants to train you know every single day or twice a day or whatever the norm is for that sport if he's making that choice and you're not pushing him then you know go for it but like if the behind the scenes driver is the parent or coach or teacher, whoever it is, it's not going to work. So don't don't push your kids to do anything. Steve, I cannot thank you enough for uh, for being willing to hop on a call. This has been awesome. Keep up the great work. And uh, man, I, I will hopefully circle back and be able to chat again soon. Oh, thanks a lot. Enjoy talking. That's Steve Magnus, world renowned expert on health and mental performance. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.